opportunity to show who he is. When it seems like God begins to surround and let's show you. This is some good stuff. I'm happy today. I'm happy. I'm happy. All right. We're going to hear what the word of the Lord, what what that word has for us today. I believe God has a right now word. Um, But I want to read our theme scripture because you have to understand where this all began. Okay. And it began by God making a choice with you. God chose you and he predestined that he would save you. And he allowed you, say he allowed it, to go through so that you would know that the power of God was the only thing that could have saved you. And he made that choice and you chose him back. Let's read the word of God together. Our theme scripture is Psalm 65 and 4. I'm, I'm going to just suggest to you that you read it every day. Just a suggestion. And ask God to give you greater revelation. Let's read it. Blessed is the man you chose and caused to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, of your holy temple. You notice he said, blessed is the man you choose and cause to approach you that he may dwell in your court. And then he changes and says, we. Huh? Because now it's personal. Right? Because there's something to do after he chooses you. And it says that we may dwell in your courts. We shall be what? Satisfied, Satisfied with what? Of your, of your house. Wait, wait, wait. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, but yet we are choosing to try to tell somebody else they need to do this to satisfy us. Houston, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have to understand. You have to understand that God chose you so that you could be satisfied with him. Amen. Everything else is just a bonus. <laughs> If you get satisfied with him, he'll cause others to satisfy you, too. But don't seek satisfaction in nobody or nothing. The goodness of your house, of your holy temple, temple of your holy temple. Mm -hmm. We are the holy temple of God. Amen. And so because we're the holy temple of God and his goodness is in the house of God. And so now we're the house. So we got nothing but goodness up in us. Say it's all good in here. All All right. It's all good. It's all good. I want to read to you um, two passages of text um, because I'm going to mainly teach from um, Romans. But I'm probably just going to talk to you for a few minutes as the spirit leads. But I want to read Genesis chapter four, verse number one. And then we will read Romans 6, 1 through 14. And if you want to sit down, you may. We stand as a custom here standing for the word of God. Because I feel, we feel if you stand for the word, it's hard to fall for anything else. Mm-hmm. So we stand for the word. But if you sit down, I want to tell you this right now. The word will reach you wherever you are. 
Ooh, let's pray. Father, we thank and praise you for this opportunity that we may feast at your table. You prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemy. But right now we bind every spirit of wickedness. We ask that you would hold it back as your word goes forward. Father, that your word would come, deliver, set us free in areas in which we have been bonded. We're no longer bounded, Lord, because your word has declared that we are free. Now, God, saturate us. Fill our cups that they may overflow. That when after all is said and done, that you alone will be glorified and we, your body, will be edified. So we thank you, God, for choosing us and giving us this opportunity to be in your house, to share in your goodness. And Father, as I stand here, help me, Lord, that I may decrease, that your spirit may increase, that surely... We, your people, would hear from you. I know, Father, that I am not the preacher nor the teacher, but I yield to your spirit. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, beginning in verse number one, chapter four, it says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the first fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain. And his offering and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If somebody say, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And it desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So so the Lord got the first fruits of both offering. I look in the text, but there's an issue with one of their offering, even though they both bought the first fruit of the offering. So then um, Abel bought his offering from a point of humility and Abel had a different attitude when he approached God. And so I want to just pause for a minute and let you know that your attitude will dictate your altitude. Being that, being that, being that his attitude was wrong, he came to God and asked, and no, he became angry at Cain. He was angry at another man because God favored the other man. Isn't this something that we can get mad at somebody else because we see the blessing on their life? Now you understand why people are mad at you. Just because people are mad at you don't mean that you're wrong. Okay? If if your aim is to please God, expect people to be mad at you. Let me finish this. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, you will. Will you not be accepted? If you do well, just shout, I'll do well. And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So he has a choice either to do well or not do well. Now, Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. I am. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Mm -hmm. He had a choice and God told him, all you have to do is choose to do well. And well happens for for you. He did not pay attention to what God said because he was so wrapped up in how he felt. 
into something your feelings will get in the way of God's blessing. Sometimes your feelings will lead to death. Now turn to Romans chapter 6, verse number 1. We there? Verse number one. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know? Or do you not know? Or do you not know that as many of us as we're baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was, say it with me, raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also Okay, should walk in this newness of life. For if we have been united, for if we have been united, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his. Who this is good. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. That the body of the sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. For we who have died has been freed from sin. Shout them free. free. Now that you're free. Now if we died with Christ, we believe. We believe. Shout I believe. I believe. We believe that we shall also live With him. Knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead. Dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died. He died to sin once for all. But the life that he lived. He lives to God. He lives to God. He lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Our Lord. I'm going to just finish. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present your yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Go ahead and say, I got the power. Looking back at verse number five, I want to read that together. Verse number five, verse number five. Let's read it. For if we have been united together, stop right there, say we're together. In the likeness of his death, Certainly, we shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. What Christ did, he united us. And when we were singing that song, this is how we fight our battle. You know, we have to fight our battles together. Because we're on 
the same team. And that's what I want to use for a topic today. You are on the same team. Just say, I'm on the team. I'm on the team. Mm-hmm. So, so let's get this. I'm on the team. You're on Team Jesus. All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm on the team. Um, the, the scripture reads that he united us together. And if he united us together, you need to understand if God is work, if God's work is to keep us together, the enemy's work is to divide us. So God adds and the enemy divides. And so and so I want to I wanted to paint a picture letting you know that this all started in the beginning. When God got ready to build the first family. The enemy was opposing the first family. And so the flesh man, because of sin that happened in the beginning between their mom and dad, sin entered into the earth realm. And even though Adam and Eve was not there to deal with the offering, the feelings of the man when he seen that God favored his brother's offering became a problem. The issue is not the offering. The issue is the individual. Because when you allow your feelings to get involved, you are in the place of death. And God operates in a system called grace. Whereby he gave grace to Adam and Eve. When they came to their senses. While they were hiding. He covered them. With animal skin and gave blood of an innocent animal. And they had, listen, a newness of life. But sin had already entered the earth realm and flesh battled against faith. And so sometimes we are in a battle where one minute faith is reigning and the other minute fear is reigning. Where does fear come from? Yep, sometimes you say the enemy, but I want you to know there is a deepness and the enemy does not have access unless you allow the enemy in. You need to understand that your feelings are not a part of the kingdom. As a matter of fact, You're going to need to give God your feelings too. Because in, listen, your emotions, the emotions of humanness takes on what's called feelings. These feelings are coming from false atmosphere. Because everything in the world is temporary But you are no longer a temporary being. You are a eternal being. Whereby everything that looks natural is natural. But you now are in a realm called the supernatural. So then when your body dies, you don't die. You enter into a new body in a whole nother dimension. So then you don't look 
at the things that are seen, but you look at the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are temporal and you are no longer in a temporal state. You are in an eternal state. So you got to see. Cain approached God because God favored. He said he respected the offering. You know, I tell people all the time, if your heart is not in the giving, then keep your offering. Because let me tell you something. God don't need your money. It's a gift that you're able to give. That's why I, 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 Pastor, Pastor Bill was talking about plan on giving. When God gives to you, you shouldn't have to wait until you get to church to write your offering. You ought to set that thing aside and bless it. How do you bless it? Start thanking God that you were able to give it. So your offering comes in sanctified. And, and, and instead of giving from a point of, oh, I got to give this. Oh, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss. So, so that's all your feelings. That's how you feel about it. Huh? Flesh feelings has nothing to do with faith feeling. The two do. The they're opposite. I'm going to tell you today, since you're on the team, make a choice. Are you going to let your feeling rule or are you going to let your faith rule? Say I'm on the team. That don't mean you own the Raiders. For you Raider fans, that don't mean you own the Niners. For you Niner fan, you might as well be on the Rams. And be the ram in the bush. Huh? Uh. <laughs> it, it, it's something that the rams are, are undefeated right now. Um, and you have to understand that you're undefeated too. You're undefeated when you look defeated. See, you got to get this. Because this, this, this message should have you happy. For the rest of your life. And now I'm going to give you the power of it. You're going to have to make a choice to let this message minister to you. Or you're going to go home and think about all the thoughts that you have towards the message. I'm saying that because sometimes you hear the word and you start trying to, well, what he said. How about you got the basket? I got crackers over here. I got cheese over here. I got my salami. I got my apple. You know, you get those gift baskets. You don't eat it all at the same time. You eat what you need when you need it. Sometimes you feel like eating the fruit. Well, eat the fruit. Sometimes you feel like eating crackers and cheese. Eat the crackers and cheese. In other words, take the whole message and eat on it when God makes preservations, a reservation for you to eat what you need. Because all of this word is for you. He, he shows us the problem in Genesis. And man has always battled against man. The difference between Cain and Abel's offering is Cain worked and he took his work because he had to work the flock. And Adam, I mean, and Abel, all Adam, Abel did, he harvested what God was doing. Wait, 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 wait. A farmer plants the seed. Then the rains come from heaven and water the seed. And then God grants the increase. 
And so then he took what God had given him. And he was so grateful that he became thankful. He was so grateful that he became thankful. Came based on the outcome. Cain took his offering and thought, I have done this with my work. Now, let me give God some of what I did. He was thinking while Abel was thinking. He was thinking and Abel was thinking. Is there anybody in here that just want to thank God? He, he, he was in his mind and Abel was in his heart. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Thinking and thanking. You make the choice. Are you going to think about it? Or are you going to think about it? Because God is doing everything. And he don't need your thoughts. He needs your thanks. I want to talk to the people that's ready to just thank him. Hey! God, thank you, Lord. So God institutes the team. And the team has a problem. Because instead of looking at the the coach of the team, he started looking at his teammate. While God sent them there that they may harmonize together, one of them got in his feelings and he went to God. And he said, what's up? What's up with you? How you going to respect his offering and not mine? God said, because look at that attitude you got. What makes you think that you could approach me and talk about my choice? But I love you enough, Cain. So let me give you a choice. If you do well, you can have well. In other words, if you go, if you live to please me instead of pleasing you, then you can have my respect. Oh, goodness. You know, we come to church and we're so disrespectful that we come in thinking about I instead of the whole team. Oh, I'm going to get that lemon because I need a word. But the team was here at 10. Listen, giving God what he wants, which is praise and worship. I'm not coming just to get a word. I'm coming to give God all that he requires of me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get here at 930 so I can get my stretches in and my warm ups in. So that when everybody else get here to join in, I'm already hot and on fire. And when they come in and get next to me, they catch fire too. They're like talking to the ones that are on the team. Because if you cannot connect with your team. 
The ones who are not connected are the ones who will get. Listen, the, the Bible says the enemy seeks whom he could devour. And so, so like a roaring lion, and a lion always goes after the one that's disconnected. You, you, you know the one that a straggle in? Everybody else rushed in at 10 parking lot, just boom. And then you got the one that's a struggle in all by yourself. You know, the one that, come here, that's, that's the one the enemy's really after. Because he's trying to get you to be disconnected. Because that's the way he operates. But if you could come together, this is how we fight our battles. See, see, because then it don't matter what you're surrounded with. Because when you come together, how many of you know that that's the way you got to fight your battle? How many of you can't do this by yourself? How many of you almost lost your mind trying to do it by yourself? He, he, he has this problem with his feelings. You know, you know. In relationships, um, that is what has happened in our humanness. Our feelings are shaped by the world system. So then the things that have happened in the world has taught you to feel a certain way. The word tells you that, behold, you are a new creation. Now, because you are a new creation... The old is dead in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. But we are alive in the resurrection. So do you choose uh, to live a life of death or to live a life of life? The choice is yours. Let me let me let me show you what Jesus did. Because you need to understand that you're always going to have a choice. And I want you to know you are one choice away from victory. Just one. And this choose ye this day who you will serve. Either you're going to serve you and your feelings or you're going to give God your feelings and serve him. And no matter what you feel like, he gets the victory. So he says, he says to his son, Jesus, he comes down, Jesus comes down. He says, it's time now for us to make this thing right. And we're going to give them an example. And Jesus said, okay, God, let's do this thing. We're, we're together. And so Jesus comes down and Jesus is faced with a choice because he's still wrapped in flesh. But underneath the flesh, there's what's called the inner man, the spirit man. And the spirit man is where the power is. And therefore, you have what's called the inward man. That is your spirit man. That is where your power is. It is your flesh man is where all your weaknesses are. It's your flesh man is where all of your feelings are. It is your flesh man where you your feelings are coming from your mind, your soulless realm, and that takes you out of the will of God. So Jesus is walking with the disciples and he gets caught up in his feelings. Because you've read the text as he was going, he was thinking about what he had to go through and he walks through the garden of hard pressing called Gethsemane. The Bible says that he was so caught up in his feelings that he began to pray. What am I telling you? Next time you get caught up in your feelings, it's not time to freak out. It's time to pray. It's time to give God your feelings because your feelings is trying to change your attitude. And if your attitude changes, your altitude changes too. So... He stops. He's thinking about what he has to go through. I got to pause for a minute because some of us start thinking about what we got to go through. And then you start worrying about 
what you got to go through. And you know what's weird? As you start thinking about all the failures, that's just weird. Because God has shown you so many times how awesome he can be. That we would get weird on him. And start thinking about what might go wrong. And then we start planning around what might go wrong. And you wonder why it didn't work out. Because you spent so much time with your thought process and you put your feelings in it and that blocked God from working in it. And God will wait for you to move your feelings so that he can come in and do his work. But he can't work as long as feelings are there. He works through faith. So you're going to have to put your faith in action so that God has access to move in your life. Now, faith is believing. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Somebody shout, I believe God. Stop believing your friend. And stop believing your circumstance. Your circumstance is temporary. And you're eternal. They don't match. You are above it and not beneath it. You're the head. Stop acting like a tail. Seventeen. Therefore, let's read it together. If. Stop right there. Say I'm new. new. There's no reason for you to operate in old when you're new. It's like having an old car that leaks oil. And breaks down on you when you're on your way somewhere and you got to keep calling AAA. And God gives you a brand new vehicle. That don't run out of gas. And you walk out and you walk past the new one and hop in the old one. I don't think any of you would do that. Well, then God has made you a new creature. Stop going back to your old way of thinking, your old attitudes, your old process and take on the newness. Who is the newness? The newness is in Christ Jesus. All powerful, almighty, the healer. The strength. When you take on Jesus, that's the inward man. That's the underman. Can't nobody see the underman. Because the underman is like yeast. Huh? You put a little yeast in the dough and it rises. Can't nobody see it rising. And the power's not even up to you. You have that kind of newness in you. If you would just take on the new and let go of the old and stop falling for those old tricks where the enemy gets you to say, oh, you shouldn't feel that way about it. You got to be ready to get out of your own mind. Preacher, you right. How do I do it? Well, I told you, this is the thinking crew, and this is the thinking crew. (laughs) Only in the spirit realm. Because y'all taking it wrong. (laughs) See, you put your feelings in it. Uh, 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 (laughs) Yeah. Now you see how deceptive he can be? That's how he plays us. Because we're always one choice away. And then you see what's going wrong and you start thinking. 
But that's not how you fight your battles. The battles are not fought through your thoughts. Uh, let me tell it to the middle crowd. The battle is not fought through your thoughts. Let's take the I out of think and put the A where the I was. And then every time you get ready to think, say A. And put the A where the I was. See, I'm going to help you. Every time I get in there, you say A. Every time you hear it, I go, hey. And then you start thanking God. Now, check this out. Thanking is praise. He says, I inhabit the praise. This is how I fight my battle. I inhabit the praise. Not the thought praise, but the thank praise. Wait, how many of you want him to inhabit it right now? Yeah. Give him a praise of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Right about now. Hey, God. Oh, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, God. Hey, we thank you. Jesus, Jesus, on his way. He's on his way to victory. And God has given him instructions on the victory. And while he's on his way to victory, shout, I got the victory. God has given you instructions. And all you got to do is stick to the instructions. Jesus was on his way and his flesh got in the way and his feelings started taking over. The Bible says he began to pray. Now, check this out. He told his disciples who are with him, pray with me. And they went to sleep. You know how we do if you tell somebody to pray with you and they go to sleep. You start talking about how could you go to sleep on me? Listen. That's your feelings. That is opening up access to the enemy. He can't get in unless you open a door. Stop talking about what you don't have and thank him that what you do have. I have the opportunity to approach. And guess what? Jesus told them to come pray with them. But God said, this ain't about them. See, when God calls you and others don't come when they wanted to, and when you wanted them to, that meant he don't want them there. Some folks can't handle where you're going. Stop trying to pull folks along to where God is calling you to. They can't handle the altitude. Their ears going to hurt. Their nose going to bleed. Don't pull them into something that they're not ready for. Jesus breaks down and he begins to pray. The Bible says... That he was praying so earnestly that sweat and blood was coming out. And and he was praying himself out of how he felt. And he said, nevertheless, God, I don't want to do this. But nevertheless, this is not my will. I'm surrendering my will to you. Let Your will be done. Say it. Let your will be done. Say it. Let your will be done. Now get this. 
just because it's God's will doesn't mean that it might look, it doesn't mean that it's going to look pretty to you. However, God wills it. It might be a whooping all night long, but whatever God's will is, he's going to work it out for your good. All the disciples turned on him, but that was a part of the plan. It's about sticking to the plan. When Jesus said, not my will, but thy will, he let his feelings go. The Bible said he got up and went on to fulfill the purpose that God had in his life. He got whipped all night long. And we refer to that day as Good Friday. And I thought, God, why do we call it good? He said, because if he wouldn't have got whipped, you never would have got healed. I will release my goodness through the suffering of the vessel who's willing to suffer for me. Is there anybody who's ready to suffer with Christ? Because in order to reign with Christ, you have to know you're going to have to suffer with Christ. Get your feelings out of it. It's part of the process. And begin to thank God for giving you the strength to go through what he called you to. He, he made the choice to accept God's will. He chose faith over flesh. He chose to get his feelings out so that God's will could be done. But wait a minute, preacher. That's Jesus. Well, the same Jesus now lives in you. And you have the same power that he has. But here's, here's the news. We haven't stuck to the plan. Here's the great news for today. Yesterday's gone. <laughs> Behold, all things are new. We got a new opportunity. Another chance. So team... Back to the huddle. You know the football team, when they don't make it the first time, they get to go back to the huddle. Because in the huddle, there's one voice. And sometimes you've been out there in the world, and it's been too many voices. So you get a little confused in running your routes. And you miss your assignments based on somebody else leading you in the wrong direction. I want to talk to the people who've been influenced by some other people and done the wrong thing. Who's ready now to let God have total influence over your life so you could do the right thing. Somebody say, stick to the plan. In the huddle, in the huddle. In the huddle. In the huddle, in the huddle. In the huddle, in the huddle. Okay, check it out. Check it out. Let's look. We all gonna go over to this side. We and we gonna line up. And when I say the third go, Harold, you gonna run. And when you get right here, you gonna turn right to go down that aisle. But when you turn, the ball's coming to you. All right? On three. Ready? Right. Get here. When you get to him, you're going to break right. And I'm going to, you pick up that Kleenex box over there on that seat. You see it? And that's going to, when I throw it to you, that, that, that's, that's the football right there, okay? Ready? Right. Right. Ready! Set! On the third go. On the third. 
Check it out. Now look, the enemy didn't know the plan of God. Because God says, that's my wisdom. And I hid my wisdom from the devil. But I told it to the team. So wait, wait, wait. I was watching the football game yesterday. And the wide receiver went out. And he, he went left. But the ball went over there. And I let my feelings get in it. And I said, that quarterback, why you throw some junk like that? But the quarterback began to discipline the receiver. He said, I told you to turn right. And you went left. Now, sometimes the, the, the wide receiver go out and he feels like, well, if I go left, I can shake the defender. But that's not the plan. The plan is when I tell you to break. Because I'm going to throw the ball before you break. While you're running, the enemy's going backwards. When you break, the ball will be there. The enemy doesn't know that break is where the ball's coming. So while the enemy is watching you going long, the moment you break and turn around, the ball is there and you can go in for the victory, the one you've been waiting for. But sometimes we go left instead of sticking to the plans and the plans of God are irrevocable. Cannot afford to alter the plan. He chose you so that you can stick to the plan. And and I was I'm getting ready to close, but I want you to know that. Quit blaming the devil. If you take ownership of where the root is, God will deal with the root. And so if you can just be honest and say, God, come deal with me because I've been holding on to my feelings. I've been holding on to my past hurts that I'm taking all my past hurts into my new relationships. I'm holding on to insecurities which no longer belong to me because I'm secure in you. See, you got to get this. I'm trying to please people when I should be trying to please you. The aim, our aim is off because of our feelings. How can you give this earthly realm power to dictate your feelings you are no longer in the earth realm you are an eternal being you're different you gotta know it and live it because when you know it listen no matter what happens in your life you know if it's bad it's just time for you to just get closer to the Lord He designed to bring you close to him. And some of us are standing back and God's calling you closer. But you cannot bring sin in with you. He wants a personal relationship with you. And so Jesus, but what about, well, Pastor, oh, Man, I, I, I'm just dealing with all this stuff and they keep lying on me. Okay. They lied on him. The Bible said when they lied on him, he's the truth. So they told him, what do you have to say about it? The Bible said he didn't say nothing. When you know the truth, why entertain a lie? 
Why give glory to something that's not true? Last point. This morning, I woke up, and I received a video. And I saw the video, and I was like, oh, wow, God, this is good. Because it was of a, a picture of a baby, and babies do amazing things. And the baby's three, and the dad was videoing him, and the baby said, he's sitting down, he said, I need to pray. I need to pray. The dad said, okay, what do you need to pray about? He got up, got up from the chair. He said, my feelings. The dad said, what about your feelings? He went with some mumbo-jumbo. I couldn't understand him. What God was telling me, he didn't need to know what his feelings were. He said, okay, son, pray. The son lay down on the ground and stretched out. And he was down there. And he got his hands in the praying position. And he said, Father God. And he stood up. Dad was looking at him and was filming him. He said, Who? himself out of his feelings and into the power of God and he didn't need to explain his feelings to nobody in the earth realm because they wouldn't understand it anyway he had to talk from eternity to eternity because when eternity eternity comes it raises you up come on and give God a praise There's an old you and there's a new you. The old you has been defeated. The new you has drafted you to be on an eternal team. So then, if you're on the team, run the plays that are in the book. If you run the play in the book, it don't matter what the the enemy's doing. The plays in the book give you the victory. You're on the team. Now, just make the choice to stick to the playbook. The word of God. He drafted you out of a world of darkness, full of defeat, into eternity. Eternity, oh goodness. Um, nothing can thwart this plan. Even when you messed up, you didn't get disqualified because God is a God that cannot lie. If he canceled you out, he would have lied for bringing you in. Once he brings you in and makes you a part of the team, you are a part of the team. I dare you become a Ram and then run out and try to play on the Raiders. You are all Rams. You are Ram. I know it's funny that the Rams are undefeated right now. But you're a ram for somebody else's life. 
Are you willing to sacrifice your will so that others will be saved by your obedience to God? That's what this is all about. You know, we, we get disconnected and we make excuses of why, oh, this and that is going on for real. All right, well, check this out. You're a part of the team, and there's purpose in your life, and God's going to get that out of you one way or another. And he established the church. He calls this his meeting place for you. Why? So that this light will become brighter. One light won't brighten this whole room, but all these light together make it real bright in here. All this light out here makes it so much brighter. And the way God's light work, it, it goes beyond the walls. Amen. Folks will be drawn here because you are obedient unto God. Amen. Check this out. You're all lifesavers. You're on that team. You make a choice. Choose you this day. Are you going to serve your mind and your feelings or are you going to serve the living God who raised you up above it all? But if you're going to serve him, you might as well start it off without thinking and just give him thanks. Amen.